0: our regular students for self-improvement wednesday each week you get to learn something new your lesson this week the growth and development of the caracal kitten your teacher is ben Britton, director of wildcat conservation center here in sydney ben good afternoon
1: afternoon richard
0: these little kittens we've never seen them in australia before have we
1: no well we're very very excited out here at the, the center that um Will it become the first place in Australia to ever actually breed the caracal. so that's the first time they've ever been bred in Australia.
0: So, these are we're going we're going to talk about these incredibly tiny things because they're still quite tiny. Um the kittens were born uh, by by a first-time mum. Tell us what happens in the birth and the because and the, the, the first few days are crucial, aren't they?
1: They are, especially when you're looking at a first-time mother and so um Kaya our mother here at the centre, who's been doing a great job, she found we, we first of all gave her multiple nesting boxes, multiple different sites within her habitat that she could choose where she was most comfortable. And we had cameras set up in each of those so we could monitor her behaviour. And it's usually around 48 to 24 hours before. Cats tend to hold the, the kittens quite high up in, in nearly near towards their chest and it's usually only just before she's going to give birth and that 24 hours before you'll see the weight drop down and that's the sign that we look for knowing that, that um, labor and she's going to be going to labor quite quite soon uh, and then we start watching the cameras and watching her behavior And it was around lunchtime um, six weeks ago today <laughs> that she um, chose which box she was most comfortable in and, and gave birth and we actually were able to watch it all on the cameras which was quite quite incredible.
0: She chews through the umbilical cord.
1: Yeah, so she 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 basically after she gives birth, she had the two the two little kittens. So she had the first one and uh, chews through the umbilical cord and begins to clean them up and I guess attend to the kittens. And it, and it's and it's quite a critical time just after birth because what you're looking for is a bit of a hormone shift, a hormone. Balance change with the estrogen levels when she goes when she begins to lactate, and so being obviously a carnivore, there's that period where she's you know there's a bit of blood around. She starts having a bit of a nibble on the umbilical cord, and you don't want her to keep going on to the kidney itself, um, obviously um and so you're waiting for that lactation and that hormone shift to take in because once she starts lactating then there is that shift in the mother and she gets knows well these are my babies i've got to care for them and look after them so that 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 first you know period after birth is, is critical as you say
0: yeah they're born the kittens are born blind and deaf aren't they
1: Yeah, completely uh, blind and and deaf. And uh, it's not till around about the seven day mark, so about one week of age, that the ears will start to open up first, and then the eyes will follow uh, a few days after. Though it it takes a little while for the eyes to actually, I guess, start focusing and working correctly. So it's not really till around the two week mark, to around 14 days, that you'll say the eyes of the kitten are, are fully open and they're beginning to focus and actually take in their um surroundings but they they do normally remain in the den for this entire time
0: yes yeah, so they stay at home like all of us uh, for the first three weeks in this case then they start to roam don't they
1: yeah look mum, mum actually has been interesting with kaya here at the centre in the fact that she actually chose to move the kittens around um quite a bit so she'd actually move them from di- den to den uh one of the different nest boxes and even out onto um a, a exhibit underneath a bit of a log with some grasses and and this is similar to what a lot of small cat species will do after that first week or so because they don't want any potential predators, I guess, to locate where they're, they're, they're hiding their kittens and so the mother will actually move them around a lot and so she'd actually very carefully pick them up around the neck and, and transport them and move them around so each morning it was um, a bit of a game of hide and seek for the staff, the staff out here where you'd get up in the morning go out there and actually be like where has she put them where are they this morning um, and, and, and so um, yeah, for so the first couple of weeks she has been moving them around a, around a, quite a fair amount which is similar to what a caracal would do um in its natural habitat obviously to turn around and uh, avoid predators
0: they're they're incredibly striking looking aren't they they've got these amazing i don't even know how to describe them huge sort of tufted ears
1: yeah it's it's we've been interesting watching the kittens to know how how long it's going to take for those tufts to develop the the parents as you say it's like mum's got built-in cat toys at the end of her ears with the fluff and little bit of feathery type that hangs down there so the little kittens, um, especially Cora, the little female uh, kitten, you can just see the little tufts just starting to appear at the moment. But um, the striking marking they're from, um, they've just hit six weeks of age now and I think they're starting to get around their, their cu- they're the cutest. I think the caracal kittens are one of the, the cutest of the, of the young wild cats.
0: Tell us about them in, in Africa. They're the heaviest of the small African cats, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they're quite a solidly built little cat, and so compared to some of the finer featured little uh, African wild cats, caracals are quite strong. They're quite solid little animals, as you say, quite stocky, and they can pull down animals two to three times their own body size. Uh, very quick, very agile, and, and um, they've got quite large paws, and so the little kittens we've got out here at the moment have still got a lot of growing to do to grow into their feet.
0: Hmm. Why, why do they have those tufted ears? What, what are they for in kind of evolutionary terms?
1: Well, there's a few different theories about them. Uh, one is for camouflage. They spend a lot of time in uh, grassy habitats so that ear tufts at the end might help to break up their outline of them, their silhouette. And um, also, it's also maybe to attract certain birds in. Like they can just flick them slightly and they might think that's something in the grass and fly down and the caracal can leap up and catch it and also a lot for communication. It's incredible watching, uh, and that's one of the great things about us having these animals here at the the centre, that we can actually observe them and take some of these learnings into our work that we do in Botswana. You can actually see the male and female, even her a little bit now with the kittens, communicating with them by certain little flicks and movements in the ear they've got over 20 muscles in each ear and so you think to have that many muscles in in one ear it is for fine motor movement and and so I I, my personal belief is I think as time and we develop and understand the caracals more there is going to be a lot to do with communication in regards to the design and uh, the development of those ears in them.
0: You're going to have to write a dictionary of caracal ear movements aren't you but but they do make sounds as well don't they?
1: Yeah, lots of different vocalisations. The little kittens have this um, quite a high-pitched little uh, trill-like sound, which our little guys have just started to do if uh, they're trying to locate where uh, Kaya is, uh, and they'll, they'll turn around and call her and she'll call them back, and, and very, some very low frequency sounds as well, and so they do, they do purr uh, just like a domestic cat might, and if they get upset they can growl and hiss and snarl and do all those type of things as well. I uh, Can't roar being one a, a small cat uh, because of the hyoid structure in the in, in the throat, but uh, that trilling sounds quite, quite unique, and when you hear the babies doing it at the moment, uh, that little sound coming out, such such a small little animal, it's, it's quite amazing.
0: <laughs> Very cute. Uh, just finally, are, are they? We always talk about, particularly with African animals, whether they're endangered. Are, are these? Is is this species?
1: Yeah, throughout north and northern Africa, uh, they they are endangered, and also through um, Asia. And so that's why getting the two little kittens born out here at uh as you say at the wildcat conservation center and the first time in in, in australia is quite important so people can actually learn what a caracal is understand a little bit more about them and then go on to help us conserve them
0: very good hey ben congratulations and thanks uh, very much for talking to me
1: anytime richard
0: there's uh, ben Britton, as a pair of caracals are bred for the first time in this country they're now just six weeks old on self-improvement wednesday Thanks to Ben Britton. He's the director of the Wildcat Conservation Centre. And you can listen again to his lesson on the caracal at abc.net.au sydney. Find details of how to subscribe to the free self-improvement Wednesday podcast. Next week, amphibian expert Jody Rowley from the Australian Museum with another self-improvement.